Welcome to season four of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of having a guide and a strong technology strategy that helps you identify the paths you should take, whether it is platform adoption, digital transformation, or other initiatives. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Emil Palasik, uh, President and CEO of Emco Technology, Inc. Emil, welcome to the show. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Great, great. Looking forward to talking with you uh, about this subject. Um, so why don't we start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself and what Emco Technology does. Ah, oh, awesome. Will do. Thanks, thanks again for inviting me. So... You know, I've been around a long time and I was kind of looking over some some history and I thought, man, I broke the 30 year mark a couple of years ago in this nice, field, congrats. which is which is wild because technology is basically new. You know, when I went back and thought about going to school, uh, college in the 80s, man, it was quite different. You know, so it was late 80s, but still unbelievably different. Um, so my background is I uh, like to fix and break things as a kid and I wanted to be a car mechanic and my mother said no. So I thought the next best thing is these computer things are probably going to be something important in the future. So I decided to look at this emerging computer engineering field uh, that was kind of burgeoning in the uh, in the 80s. So I looked around, I found a local college. It was actually a really old college. In fact, I, I love to tell people the story. It's the, it was the oldest technical college in the United States. So old that Thomas Edison actually taught electrical principles there. When wow. it was in <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the name of the co uh, college is uh, Spring Garden College. It was Spring Garden Institute down on Spring Garden Street in Philadelphia, where Thomas Edison actually taught. And then it became a college and never really made it to university status. Uh, it basically ran out of money in the 90s because they bought a, uh, a an old deaf campus up in Philadelphia uh, that they just couldn't maintain with historical buildings. But yeah. <laughs> I'm getting way off topic. Uh, anyway, uh, did that uh, computer engineering thing and then entered the uh, computer market um, in the 90s uh, and really took off and right place, right time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, a little bit along the way, I realized I didn't want to work for anybody else. And I decided in the uh, in the uh, early 2000s to incorporate myself and and build my business. Well, let's uh, let's get into it here and uh, start by defining and talking about this concept of a guide. Um, so despite the perception that technology is getting more seamless and easier to use, often um, to some extent, the, the opposite is actually true because there's more systems, there's more connection points, there's more just things to learn, right? So can you talk about this and the business challenge that it presents? Yes, uh, for sure. In fact, that's how my company got started. You know, back in the early 90s, I noticed that the executives when I worked at Unisys Corporation, uh, the executives upstairs couldn't really connect a mouse because back in those days, you had to connect a mouse and then load all the proper drivers and sometimes it didn't even work. So I thought, geez, you know, I, I could do that. 
and I can help these guys. Uh, and that's how my company was formed. But really, if you think about it, those connecting mouse problems are gone and it is incredibly more complex these days and not getting any less complex. In fact, there is no roadmap anywhere that I've ever seen or talked to anyone about that shows a lessening technology map, right? For the world, it's always getting more and more complex and more, more, more deep. So um, how do you navigate that? A lot of people guess, a lot of people ask their brother-in-law, we're coming up on Thanksgiving dinner. I can't tell you how many conversations I have with business owners after the Thanksgiving dinner when somebody says something and, you know, I got to either talk them off the ledge or, or explain more about what they're talking about. But yeah, everyone needs, needs a guide, like they need a guide uh, through technology, like they need a guide through financial things or right. uh, business planning or, or, or anything where an expert really knows that field. To think you can do it yourself these days is, you know, has really gone, uh, gone away. In the beginning, maybe people could cobble things together and it'd be okay. But today, you do it incorrectly and you could lose everything. How do you define that role of of technology guide? And um, you know, there there's certainly people internal to the organization. There might even be external vendors already, or, or you know, consultants or anything. So you know, how does how does this guide? What what is the problem that they solve? Yeah. So uh, first of all, you have to select your guide or understand who you want your guide to be. It could be a salesman. Uh, sometimes that works. Uh, depends on you know what that salesman covers. It could be many salesmen, uh, but somebody needs to define you know that the quality of that information that's coming in. Could be an internal person. Uh, but we'll talk more about that. I think as this interview goes along here about internal versus external and some pitfalls. But um, you, you, you need to select the guide that does this thing for a living. And um, it's becoming so much more important, important to create a relationship with a trusted person, guide, or organization uh, than just um, a sales guy or a hired employee. I mean, they all have things to do uh, and keep themselves safe with but, um, but, but a pro professional organization, or today as we call it a managed service provider, that's what they do. They manage those services in the IT space provided into an organization, and they have accountability there. So guide without accountability, I think, is, is a problem, and, um, and, and that's what we hope to solve. So how is success measured then um, when it comes to this? So, you know, some of the some of it may be easy because you see a positive you know net result but some of this right is preventative of, of avoid you know risk avoidance or risk or avoiding making mistakes so you know how 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 do you measure success with this <laughs> that is actually a great question because you know a lot of times we'll walk into an organization that has problems they'll they'll love the fact that we're engaged and we're identifying things and over a period of time we, we make things go away and next thing you know guy's not calling us anymore. And he says, what the heck am I paying you for? So right. <laughs> that's a really important thing. But you know, beyond the beyond that uh, perception and how you view the perception of problems or no problems, uh, these things can be measured. Um, and your provider should be able to provide support tickets, metrics. Um, how many times did your folks call? You know, what what kind of items did they call about? Um, how much downtime did you have? Right? You can you know that uh, negative events. So uh, how many times has technology caused a negative event? 
even if it's something that's out of your provider's control, like an internet outage, well, guess what? Your, your managed service provider should say, geez, we had a negative event, you had an internet outage, and the guy says, yeah, I know, um, you know this provider or that provider is, is known notoriously bad, but your managed service provider should really say, you know, there's a way around that. There's a way to fix that. There's a way to have a, a, a multi-internet connection that just never goes down. So if that's really a problem, we can fix that. So, um, you know, with, with ticketing and managing who's calling for what and how much time is spent and a report generated, a, a, a company can kind of look at that and say, yeah, well, we, we do use it. I can see that Mary called five times about this particular thing or, or maybe five different things and we're not repeating calls. Um, right. You know, we're not having the same problem over and over again. And I can measure the quality of my day to day based on these reports I'm getting that show me uh, that my people are, you know, are, are utilizing these services correctly. They're, they're getting serviced in an appropriate amount of time. And by the way, I don't lose sleep at night. You know, if I'm the business owner, I don't, I don't lose any sleep. I'm not going to bed wondering what's going to break tomorrow and take me down and how long will I be out and how much money will I lose? So there's a certain amount of confidence that you should feel and a certain amount of comfort. And if you don't have that, that's a trigger that you should have that. And then if you can't get metrics to really look in there, um, that would be a problem. So all those things need to be transparent and provided along with your gut, right? Your gut should tell you uh, what's happening in your in your business from from a technology standpoint? Well, let's dive in a little more on the this decision making process um, because that's that's a big part of, of of this. So, you know, making the the wrong technology decisions can be um, you know difficult for the business and the employees within, as well as potentially customers. It can be costly. It can take months, if not years, to undo or redo. Um, or perhaps, you know, try to rig a, a current system to work effectively just to like justify investment and things. Why do companies still keep making, um, you know, these these big and bad decisions despite all the risk? And is there a better way to help mitigate some of this risk, um, you know, based on some of the things you've, you've said? That That is a really <clears throat> deep question and one that you would have to Im- unpack yeah. Um, and, and it's different, but similar from organization to organization. So what I see as the guy who walks in the door and talks to people is I see all kinds of different people. I see people that have a control um, need. Uh, I won't call it a control issue, but I'll <laughs> say that they have a need to control. Right. So I go in and talk to someone. And if it means that they have to give up a little control to to someone else, they may not do it. Uh, they may not be willing. And that lack of ability to release a little bit of control to an expert, or at least someone who claims to be an expert, but has a little bit of skin in the game, and there is accountability there, that could be a fatal flaw. So if if you are this guy, or you employ someone who makes tech decisions in your company that just must have full control all the time or understand everything, then really, you're limited to the speed of that person and the capabilities of that person to figure out in this area that they're not an expert, how to keep the company safe. And that could be a fatal flaw. And I've seen that. So I'll go in, I'll talk to somebody, they won't get it. And then they'll go off and try to do it on their own. So that control blends into confidence, right? I'll come into a guy who maybe doesn't have a lot of confidence in in vendors, doesn't know how to trust a vendor, doesn't know how to hold a vendor accountable. 
uh, doesn't know how to measure a vendor uh, or even put a, me- a vendor on notice. You know, in other words, like, okay, listen, I'm going to give you 30, 60, 90 days to correct this issue. And if I don't feel comfortable on that process, you're, you're out of here. So you're going to, you're going to win or lose. And we're going to do that on a regular basis. And I'm going to, I'm going to measure you based on my perception of, of success. So you better convince me. Right. And then the last thing is perceived high cost. So, you know, I think a mistake that a lot of us make, and, and I am too uh, guilty of this sometimes, is I'll go in and I'll see the full picture of where this company needs to go because I've done it before. I, this is not my first time talking to an organization with a particular issue. And I'll see way down the road and I'll, and I'll kind of try to sum that up for the person, but they can't handle that. They can't bite that elephant in one bite and, 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 uh, and win. Right. So they have to take a little bit of chunks along the way. And I have to walk them through the process correctly of of steps to take and cost along the way. And we can budget it and space it out so that it fits. Uh, But um, but but if we jump all the way to the end, sometimes that high cost perception will will push a decision maker into pausing or, you know, being paralyzed by analysis that I have to go analyze this a little bit more. And that could be a problem. So. Again, I think it's the success of the sales process as well as the, the confidence and experience of the organization to walk and understand who they're speaking to and walk that person through that process so that they can identify you know, who the decision maker is in the company, speak to that decision maker, let them feel comfortable. Um, hopefully they listen to your plan and, and want to proceed. If they do those things, they'll have success. If they pause or stop or redirect at any point in time, that's where they get into that uh, statement you made about why do they make wrong decisions? Because something along the way has hung them up. They don't realize where they are in that process and they can't get past it. So they just do do what comes natural. Do you, are you um, a believer in like pilot projects or, you know, starting small and um, stuff like that? Yes, uh, a lot of times. Uh, so an organization will come to me in usually in one of two m- modes or states. The first state is I'm thinking about doing some stuff. I'm thinking about making some changes. And, uh, you know, what do you got? What can we do? And that's kind of a start small, start slow, handle this thing for me. Why don't you come in? We got this nagging thing over here, this server problem. It's constantly having a problem. Every week it has a problem, and my, my other guys can't seem to fix it. Take care of that for me. Let me see how you're doing that. So that's one way. And that, coupled with that could be a proof of concept. Like we might uh, introduce some new technology like virtual desktops. You know, I'm going to get a little deeper into the tech here mm-hmm. uh, than we need to. But they may say, gee, what is this thing? My brother-in-law just talked about it at uh, Thanksgiving table. What can I, how can I see it? Well, we might produce a proof of concept, which is a smaller project where they can actually see and utilize some test virtual desktops that we create, see how they work. Yeah. You know, is it okay? And then the other kind of guy is an urgent guy. So I'll go in, there's an urgency. Like, dude, it is not working here. We need you guys in here. Uh, you've got to fix this thing. You've got to take over. I don't care what it takes. Can you do it? You know, Can you hostily take over from this guy who's got me held hostage? Um, and, and yes, we can do that. And that's kind of an all in and you got to be careful. You know, you can't back up the dump truck and just dump all these things on the guy. You have to, you know, portion that out and, and, and slowly feed him. But, but that is a thing where you're jumping in knee deep right out, right out of the gate. And you have to proceed with caution so that you don't blow him out in the process, but solve his problems to keep him safe. 
what are companies overlooking in in this process that they should be paying more attention to? Like what what would make it easier, let's say, um, you know, when you're going into an organization, like how do they how do they even prepare for for hiring a guide or a company to help them or, or stuff like that? So uh, that, you know, that's a great, another great question. Um, and it, it is not a, it is not a single technology or even an approach uh, to technology. It's more of an understanding of where your best and safest information comes from. So uh, I think part of the problem here is, and it, and again, with, with a multitude of counsel comes wisdom. So in the larger companies that have lots of budget, this is less of an issue. And with smaller companies, it becomes more of an issue. So what do I mean? Where am I going with this? Well, companies danger of making an error or not following the correct path is from within. And the protection is from without. And what do I mean by that? If you think, if you put yourself in the situation and you have a company and you're rolling down the road and you have some success, so you, you know, you're kind of beating your chest a little bit like, hey, I'm, I'm a leader in this thing and I'm doing really well. <clears throat> and I've got this business here trucking along. I've got all these people working for me and I want to get my arms around this technology. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look out there and I'm going to find the best guy or girl, technology guy or girl, and I'm going to hire them into my company. And I feel like if I've got them here sitting next to me, that they are really going to be my answer. This is my answer, right, to my problems. Yeah. And they're going to work for me, and we're going to work for the same company, and we're going to pull in the same direction, and they're going to keep me safe in this area that I don't really understand, but it's very important to my business. And I would buzz the buzzer on that one. I would say, eh, not good. <laughs> right. Because that guy or girl is stale. As soon as they walk in a door and they start to get into your environment and maybe, you know, it takes a year or less, but that's it. That's all they get exposure to is your environment. And by the way, they're going to be looking to protect themselves along the way. Never are they going to expose themselves to you like, oh, I made an error. And their whole goal every day is to kind of tell you to buy things so that they can experiment with those things in your network. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So that they can build their knowledge base and then maybe get you what you need if you, you know, and nobody's really checking. You can't check them. You don't really know what they're doing and there's nobody really checking. So you have this runaway process and hidden things and a single guy making or girl making choices and decisions and you have this blanket trust and then, yeah. uh oh, years can go by and someone else goes in there because that person got hired away for an extra thousand dollars a year. Because again, there is no, yeah. you know, you put all your trust in them, but they surely did not put their trust in their career to you, with you. And they're gone. And then you realize, oh, man, all these years, you know, this thing has been going on. So yeah. from without, you know, an organization from without that is responsible, that is held accountable, that can prove themselves, that can talk to you about new things, that is exposed to the world of stuff, that can cut away. And this is kind of what we do. We take away the bulk of technology, 80% of the technology that doesn't fit in your organization. We focus on the 20% of the technology that does fit in your organization. And why do we know it fits? Because that's what we do. That's what we, yeah. So all the 80%, you know, we can kind of say like, look, don't, don't really focus on that. We can talk a little bit about it, or we can do a demo, or we can do a proof of concept in that area. But really, you're going to waste some time on that. This, we've really narrowed it down to these things that work in your vertical, that work in your business.
But you know that blanket trust. I think that is a is a uh, false sense of security. That trust from within. Does that does that make sense too? As you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, so it, it you know, there's the the concept of like technical debt, obviously, which is more software related. But I think you're you're touching on something. You know, just talking about the that one person. I've I've seen this countless times. You know, that that one person leaves, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, why were we doing? Why did we make this decision for five years? Oh, well, they said it was the right thing to do, or they didn't mm-hmm. like this other product or, you know, you name it, it's some subjective mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, so it, you know, just kind of from a, from a technical debt perspective, it's difficult for, for a leader or an executive to be, unless they come from an engineering background or something like that, you know, it's, it's hard for them to be an expert in, they're not going to review lines of code and they've got to, they've got to put some trust in other things. But I mean, do you think that this, I don't even know what to call it. Maybe it's knowledge debt, maybe it's strategic debt or, you know, something like that. But um, do you think that some of that onus falls on leaders to, you know, are they, are they looking away and not paying as close attention to are the decisions being made by members of the team, not aligning to strategy? And, And again, are they, are they looking the other way when someone just says, Oh, well, I like this, not this. So let's do it. And they're like, okay, yeah, they're, you know, they're the, the tech person. So sure. trust, you know, like what, I guess what's, what's the onus on leadership in, in this? So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious. You, you have to put your trust somewhere. So yeah. you just have to identify who you are in this, right? When you, when we're talking about these different folks and mindsets that, that I encounter and as a business person, where do you fall? You know, where do you put your trust? Where where is your control level? Where is your confidence held? And if you say to yourself, well, I'm just going to trust the employee that I hire, then you own that. You yeah. own it. You yeah. own it, good and bad. You might win uh, sometimes. You may lose sometimes. But you can't go back and punch the tech guy in the eye because he did what you told him to do. And he took the trust that you gave him and ran with it. You trusted him. That's your fault. So what do you do to protect yourself? Well, you know what? You got a great guy who works for you, a great girl. Let's say Mary is, is your, your technology uh, director and she's uh, or lead tech and she's like one of a small group or even a single person in an organization. How about offering Mary some help? You know, like, yeah. hey, listen, talk to Emco. Uh, we love Mary. You know, we're talking to you about this, but we don't want to displace Mary. We just want to make sure Mary's OK. She has what she needs. And oh, by the way, Mary needs to take a, a vacation from time to time. She really hasn't. And we're nervous because when she goes away, she has to keep her phone and we call her. And, you know, if she's right. not available, we can't. So how do we get her help? How do we build her up? And how do we secure the organization at the same time? You know, well, great. I mean, look, we'll come alongside Mary. We don't want to replace Mary. In fact, we'll talk to her. Mary, look, we're not here to replace her. We're here to we got your back kind of thing. Right. We're going to teach you new things. We're going to help you get projects done. Look at this big spaghetti mess you got going on over here with these wires. You shouldn't have that. We'll come and clean that up for you so it looks good. So when people walk in the door, they go, oh, that's where our money's going, not in that big spaghetti ball that we used to have in here. And I I don't even know what that is. You know, it actually looks good. And I can actually show a client my rack instead of not showing a client my rack. And, you know, Mary, when you are not in the room, we're not going to talk badly about you. Right. We, we've got your back. We're in it together and we expect we're not in the room and you're talking about us. You're going to do the same thing. So what happens there? Well, Mary is better. Emco is is better. And the company 
is better. The company is going to have what they need. Um, and and uh, everybody's got a backup person here. You know, we're not there every day. Mary's the front line, but Mary's got some depth now. She's got this organization behind her that helps her learn, helps her do. No big project is too big anymore. Um, and if she gets underwater with a tech issue, boom, we're there to help her. And the organization is better served. Plus, that CEO, that owner can call us in at any point and say, tell me what's going on here. Tell me how I am. What do I need to do? Am I safe? You know, how's Mary? What does she need? And he can do that now of that in that organization and really get a feel for um, what to do next and how protected he is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, what's a, a resource that our audience can read, watch, listen to, um, whatever, whatever the whatever the medium is um, to learn more about some of the things we talked about today? Well, I'll tell you, um, uh, I, I struggle with giving people this kind of information because there is no perfect answer there. Sure. So you got to kind of look around and do things. You can hit the 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 mainstay, the computer world, if you will. Um, that's a periodical, right. the old world peri periodical, been around a long time. So computer world, you can check there to see what kind of articles are going on. Or biz tech, that's part of CDW. I believe they're yeah. connected. CDW is a retailer. Now all these guys want to sell you something. So there's, you know, there's got to kind of going to be articles in there that kind of lead you towards buying things. Um, there's other, you can actually look into managed IT, like who, what are the managed IT providers learning? You could look at that and there's a managed IT mag uh, out of uh, the UK. I think it's managedit.co.uk. You kind of look at that and get ideas or you can just browse the YouTube and kind of see <laughs> what kind of tech things are going on. But I think if you really are an organization serious about learning these kind of things, you've got to find a provider like Emco Technology that can answer some questions or talk to you about a specific thing or talk to you about what's important. Um, companies that are big get hit by ransomware and they shouldn't. I'm always surprised when a huge organization gets ransomed. Well, you know, we've been protecting our customers for a long time. So maybe you should look at mcotechnology.com and maybe check out our blogs or maybe even ask me for some time to talk. And I think a combination of, if you're serious now, a combination of looking around at some stuff, if technology you know, is important to you, or kind of seeing the trends, what's hitting the news, and you'll get that through some of these tech rags online. But then engaging an IT provider to say, break this down for me. You know, what does this mean? I'm, I'm kind of nervous and I want to talk to you about these things. That's free. Most technology companies, even me, will talk for free. So if someone engages me on my website and wants to talk to me, I'll have a conversation with them. And most likely I'm going to tell them enough stuff that they're going to be like, yeah, I got to, I got to do some business with you. You know, that we got it. We got some stuff to talk about and it's going to lead somewhere. Emil, uh, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with you and, and what you're doing? Well, thank you. Emcotechnology.com. So E-M-C-O technology.com. Go there. It's our website. Uh, you can contact me. You could take a look at some of the blog stories we've got on there. Um, we're, you know, we're kind of updating that all the time, but that's a great, that's a great spot to figure out what we're doing and, and connect with me. Great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Emil Pulasic, uh, President and CEO of Emco Technology, Inc., for joining the show. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. 
If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkilstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.